Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't know what happened there, my friends. It's uh, at your service here, KMOX Tuesday night. Greg Damon sitting in the big chair tonight. We're going to have some fun. Uh, You know, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Uh, Kevin Wheeler stuck around here. And uh, Kevin, what's going on? I don't know. I'm just waiting for my dollar. You said I'd get a dollar if I did this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did. I, can I get change for that? No, I don't have any change. I need a dollar. Uh, I, what happened to my music there? What's up with that? I don't know, dude. What'd you do? You're running the I, board. Look, I just pressed the press the button. That's all that happened. Well, I don't know. Way to go. You know, you pressed it wrong. Well, that's that's a story <laughs> of my life. Your, your technique isn't very good. That's right. So, Kevin, uh, let's talk a little about a uh, little sports stuff going on. Still, the let's Mike talk Schilt. sports ball. <laughs> that's right. The uh, still Mike Schilt. Uh, still hanging out in the news uh, all yeah. over the place. That's going to be a big thing for a while. It here, is a right? big I mean, thing. You know, they don't. They, this is a team that doesn't fire managers very often, right? I mean, you know, and now it's two in a row. So you know, it's like this is not a. It's not something that they're a big. Fa- they're big fans of doing. But this is now, and I think this is the interesting part going into next year. It's now two managers that were handpicked by the current management group, right? That mm-hmm. were yep. that were. Cardinal men through and through, right? They were all about the Cardinal way. They were all bought in. I mean, you know, maybe it's a little less true. That was a little less true of Mike Matheny, who had parts of his career in other places in Milwaukee and San Francisco. But Mike Schilt had been with the organization for 18 years. You know, I mean, he had the little book from George Kissel's family. You know, I mean, like, this is a guy that was all in on the Cardinal way. So it's, and I'm not saying the move is right or wrong, because I don't know. I mean, I, I've, my, my stance on whether this was a good or a bad move is a really strong, I have no idea. I have no idea whether this was a good or a bad idea. Yeah, you don't happen behind closed doors. Nobody knows. I mean, we have, we have some ideas, but we don't have anything solid. We don't have anything from the people that were involved. So, you know, it's, it's hard to go by stories that are told, you know, in back rooms or whatever, or in text messages. But, but, I, but even if I did know that, even if I knew exactly what Mo and Schilt argued about or disagreed about or whatever, I still don't know if it's a good or a bad move. 
Because we're not going to know that until we see what happens next. Correct. Right? I mean, is the team better? Well, then it was a good move. I mean, there's a chance they could have gotten better with Mike Schilt too, right? I mean, you got all these young players coming along. You know, you, you know, the, the you know Tyler O'Neill took a big step forward, and with him and Arenado and Goldschmidt, you have this really great core in your lineup. You've got a young guy like Carlson that's on the right track to get better, and Bader showed a little bit more consistency this year than he had in previous years. And now Nolan Gorman is a step away. You got all this money coming off the books in free agency. So there are a lot of and and by the way. You're lined up to have four healthy starting pitchers for next year. You didn't have Dakota Hudson at all this year until late September. You didn't have Miles Michaelis except for one-third of the year, and you only had Flaherty for half the year. So if you just have a healthy rotation, you could be good next year. But that's not really that's not really kind of the the that's not really what's going to determine um what we think of this move. Because they like I'm what I'm saying is they could have been better even if Mike Schilt stuck or stuck around. Sure. That's not the point, though. If the team doesn't get better over these next few years, if there isn't an increase in performance, then the question will end up being, well, then why did you fire the manager? Right? Because this year a lot went wrong and you won 90 games and you made the postseason. And, you know, if, if the if the if the the team continues in a good direction and they win the division, nobody's ever going to question the move. It's going to be like, "All right, you made a good call. It's working out." If things somehow slip, well, then the, that puts all of the criticism on the front office and not on the new manager, because it would have been the, the ones that it would have been. It'll be on the people that made the decision to move on from a guy that made the playoffs three years in a row. So it's an interesting dynamic going into twenty twenty two. So, what is all the uh, hubbub going around the hitting coach? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know exactly what parts of it that anybody disagrees with. Like, I don't know. Uh, we we do know from what John Moselock said. Right, his own words were. Uh, when asked about, you know, the whether it's tension, disagreement, whatever, when asked about the dynamic between Mike Schilt and Jeff Albert, he, he said that it wasn't the sole reason for this decision. So that means it was a reason, right? I mean, I don't think we're I don't think we're reading too much into that. It's pretty clear that that was a factor. What I don't know is what specifically the disagreements about. Well, like we don't know. We, you can say it's philosophical because that's what, <laughs> that's what the front office said, right? But I don't know if it's about something to do with the technology and how it's being communicated. I don't know if it's about game planning and whether or not you're focused. Like, if you think about game planning, there's two ways you can approach it, right? You can approach a game plan based on what I do well, and I'm going to look to do that, and I'm not going to worry too much about what the opponent does. But I want to learn about the opponent so I know what to expect. Or do I tailor my game planning around the weaknesses of the opponent and trying to attack those as opposed to playing to my own strengths? And, you know, when you look around sports, and that's a lot of what football comes down to, right? How do you evaluate your own strengths and weaknesses, and how does that play against the strength and weakness of the team? And there's been nobody better at that than Bill Belichick over the last 20 years. He's really, really good at that. So I don't know if it's strategy, like the, or I don't know if it's communication that's a problem, I don't know if it's just flat out philosophy. I mean, like there are there are about as many philosophies for hitting as there are religions in the world. Everybody's got their own way sure. of hitting. You know, everybody's got their own little mechanical things. Everybody's got their own uh, a, a philosophy approach to how it's best to attack pitchers. So there's a there you will always find disagreement when it comes to hitting, and that's why hitting coaches are almost always on uh, you know kind of on the firing line, right? Because you've got you know this year on the team, what did you have? you know, 13 hitters at any given time. 
And, you know, three of them came up hitting a certain way and another five came up hitting another way and another dude came up hitting another way. And you got to find common language and common ground with all of them because you all have to work together. So I don't know the specific details of what the disagreement's about. And and that makes it a hard thing to assess, right? But what I do know is that Jeff Albert is in position to be the overall hitting guru for the organization, right? He's in charge of setting the plan and putting in place all the pieces to develop all of the hitters from the major leagues down to rookie ball, right? And some of the guys that had something to prove, the players that needed to get better, really did. Like Tyler O'Neill really got better. So are we blaming him for that? Like, is he getting the blame for Paul DeYoung, but he's not getting the credit for Tyler O'Neill? I don't know. It's a That's why blaming the hitting coach to me is always a fruitless thing. Because I don't know anybody that has the same hitting stance or anything else no, as same, anybody yeah. else. And I don't care if you're, you know, playing peewee ball right. all the way up to major leagues. Everybody's different. You just you right. gotta find your niche. I, I prefer to talk about hitting when it, I I prefer to put it on the hitters themselves. Um, you know, in general. And and yeah, you know what? I do teach hitting. You know, I don't teach major league players, so it's a different world. But I understand that you can have two people that look exactly the same physically. Same size, same apparent strength, all that. But one guy may not have the aptitude to to have the hand-eye coordination to read a pitch out of the hand and determine what that pitch is and then put it into play or to drive it with some kind of authority. Like they might look exactly the same and you can teach them the exact same things, but they both they can't both do the same thing. Sure. So it's a very difficult thing, and everybody's gotta has to find their own way, what works best for their for their for their biology, I guess, really, because it's a lot about how you move and how you can get from point A to point B, um, with point A being your starting point, point B maybe being your contact point. And this is the problem when we have when we assess hitting coaches. We don't know like who's who's really benefiting and who's not benefiting. Because like, a hitting coach could be great with two guys and not great with another guy. So how do we evaluate that? And I, and that's why, by the way, teams have two or three hitting coaches. Because different guys well, connect with different people. So let me ask you this. These guys are all, you know, they make a couple bucks a year, right? Yeah, all these yeah, players. The players yeah, yeah. So why don't they just employ their own hitting coach? They do. That's the other thing. People don't understand. Like, well, so so why do we like, need one for, at the major league level? Then? Well, you do need somebody to 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 set the general direction, to to coordinate the scouting reports, to coordinate the game plans, to to be the 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 primary voice. And by the way, again, what one of the things we're talking about here is Jeff Albert helping hire the hitting instructors that are going to work with the minor leaguers. And how do we want the minor leaguers to go about things? How do they want to, because those are the guys that are learning how to do this, right? Nolan Arenado knows what he's doing. Paul Goldschmidt knows what he's doing. You know what? They might get a tip here or there from a major league hitting coach. They might have a game plan thing that they pick up on here or there, but they know what they're doing. That 20 year old kid is still learning. You know, Nolan Gorman is still learning how to do that. And when you look at what the Cardinals had happening in the minor leagues this year, they had a lot of prospects that had breakout seasons. Guys that hadn't shown much before all of a sudden were, blew up. You know, a kid named Nick Plummer, who was their first-round draft pick in 2015, had struggled for years, had a bunch of injuries. I'm telling you, Greg, he was this close to being outside the organization just being released. And this year he comes in and he ends up making it all the way up to AAA, and now he's a legit prospect again. He had a big offensive year. Juan Yepes was a... 10, 11, 12 homer a year guy. And this year he had 27 home runs and he did most of it at AAA. 
You know, Nolan Gorman had a huge breakout year. Jordan Walker, last year's first-round pick, had a huge breakout year and reached high A as a 19-year-old. These are all things that are impacted by the organizational hitting philosophy that Jeff Albert's in charge of. Now, he's not coaching them directly. Other coaches are. Sure. But he's setting the program, and he's setting up how they use technology and how these players get feedback. So that's why I say, like, I don't know if the hitting coaches are really a problem. I never do. The only people that know that are really, you know, in the clubhouse. To me, it always seems like, though, if a manager gets uh, let go or something, usually the staff gets changed at the same time. Yeah. Because a new manager is going to want his people in there. Well, that's what tells you that you're probably looking at somebody with close ties to the team. That's what tells you you're probably looking at Ali Marmol, Stubby Clapp, maybe Skip Schumacher. Uh, that's another thing that tells you you're probably not looking at people like, you know, Buck Showalter or whatever. You know, if you're going to convince Buck Showalter to come in or if you're going to re- convince Bruce Bochy to come out of retirement, yeah, they're going to want some of their dudes on the staff. Sure, absolutely. And and by the way, that's still something that could be accommodated because they're not all signed to contracts, all of the Cardinals coaches. Some of them have had contracts that have expired, but Mo says he wants them all back. He's hoping to have them all back. But if they bring them all back, yeah, it tells you that it's probably going to be somebody that is cool with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin, got to do some business here. Hang with me some more, please. Yeah, all right. All right. Fantastic. $2, $2 now, though. $2. Two, uh, yeah. you're, you're too too expensive. Hey, Kevin Wheeler hanging out with us here on At Your Service. This is a Tuesday night here, KMOX. Beautiful night outside, my friends. We've got to do a little business. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back. Tuesday night at 
that's your service right here in the heart of Mid-America. 821 is your time, my friends. That's right, at your service here on KMOX. Greg Damon hanging out. I also got the man, the myth, the mystery, the legend, K-Wheel. Kevin Wheeler is hanging out with us here in studio as well. Kevin, again, thanks for uh, joining us here on the program. Oh, I mean, again, $2. Is that that American? Can I give you euros? Yeah, because that's worth a lot. Okay. $2 might actually, two, two, two euros might be worth more than $2. I haven't checked the exchange rate today, though. Oh, I, have to, I didn't have do to any business in Europe today. Let me check real quick. All right. Your your, your stocks in Europe didn't go through? Uh, no, I just haven't had time yet. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, the, the London stock. Come on, watch. man. You're that a opens. sports guy. You probably no, got no, up. The, I mean, the stock exchange in London doesn't open for another four or five hours. I mean, you probably got up today at what, uh, two o'clock? Yeah, so took two, a shower maybe. Two, two euros is actually two dollars and thirty three cents. So you just now gave me. Oh. You just now have to pay me more now, buddy. Oh. Just nice my job. luck. Well just done. my luck. Well, we were talking obviously about the Cardinals and their uh, manager situation. Hey, you know the rumor going around that uh, that I see uh, that San Diego Padres uh, interview Mike are thinking about interviewing Mike Schilt. I should say that I guess. Uh, I think they'd be a great fit for him. Got a, got some young guys coming up, some uh, pretty good uh, players. Uh, it's an up and coming organization. So, yeah, yeah I, honestly, I, I think that Schilt might be almost an ideal candidate for the Padres. What what they I mean, they have a ton of talent. Right. I mean, there's zero disputing that. I mean, we have the guy that might be the best player on the planet. Um, yeah, it's probably Ota- Manny Machado. It, no, it, it's probably <laughs> Shohei Otani, right? Probably. But I mean, if you're having the conversation about who's the best player on the planet. Tatis is in that conversation, Absolutely. right? He's one of the three or four guys. Those, Absolutely. Those two, Trout, you know, you know, we'll find another one, or Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, there's he's in that conversation for being one of the best players on the planet. So, But you, he's not alone. I mean, you know, you mentioned Machado. He's still obviously really good. They got some depth in the organization. Um, they've got great pitching if they can get healthy. You know, if they can get the guys back that missed a lot of time this year, if you had a healthy Denelson Lamette and a healthy Mike Clevenger to go along with, you know Blake Snell and the guy and the other guys that they've got there and you Darvish and all that. You've got you've got some pieces there, but they're not a very strong fundamental team. They're not particularly great when it comes to defense and base running and some of the basics. So I mean I think Mike Schilt actually could have a positive impact on that. No, I agree 100% with him. You know he's going to he's going to manage again. I'm pretty sure of that. I mean guys that that have a record like he did don't typically get let go and never manage again. And also the integrity they get that he has. Well, yeah, he's a good dude, right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Want to switch it up a little bit? Talk a little hockey. Uh, Blues in uh, Phoenix last night. Everybody's talking about how great it was with the offense explosion they had. I'm a little concerned giving up four goals though to a team that's, you know, really on the rebuild and 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 got some aging veterans on the team. Yeah, uh, the game was a, it was a bit loose. They've been a little loose here and I, and, and we just talked I'd had Bernie Federko on in the 6 o'clock hour and he mentions that that you you know you'd rather see it tightened up a little bit. But that early in the year, you just want the W's, right? You just want to get the two points and keep yourself moving. But yeah, by the end of the year they've got to tighten some of that up. But some of that and I'm not excusing anything, just some of that is that game got wild there for a while. I mean, the Blues scored five goals in the second period. So, you know, it it was definitely a game that's loose. It's definitely something that they've got to tighten up. Um, And and to me, the the one question about the team is how exactly does the defensive group come together, right? Like, you know, how exactly does Jake Wallman fit in? You know, and again, that's a pretty new guy that's coming into the mix. So you got to give it time to see how that settles up, settles out. You know, how how long does it take Pareko to kind of get back to Colton Pareko? You know, I mean, he he's healthy. He got through camp looking good, but how how do the how do the pairings work out? Do they stay the way they are now? Do they do they all get altered a little bit as you go along? 
but Falk's off to a great start offensively. Um, I'm not wor- I'm not worried long term about that. I do agree with you. They got to tighten it up. But you know, one of those games is a five three win against one of the best teams in the NHL in their building. So I can't be too concerned. No, I I, I agree with that. But uh, you know, I think Tory Crew's going to have a really good year this year. Took, I would think so. Took, yeah. took uh, Falk a year to before he really got rolling. Yeah. I think Krug's going to uh, really improve. Come out. Um, what do you think about uh, you know our newest acquisition uh, headbutting a player and uh, getting thrown out? I Not mean. smart, <laughs> Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah, uh, you know the, he's played pretty well too. I mean, like right. I, I like his style of play. I mean, he had a go- he's had a goal and an assist already. Um, Going to the net, you definitely yeah, you definitely don't need to be headbutting people though. Like that's also kind of a it's a it's a wrestling move, man. Like yeah, rub if, the stinky glove yeah, in you their wanna, face. Yeah, you want to give a guy a little sock to the chin or whatever? I mean, go ahead. You know, yeah, you want to do the little stinky mitt to the face? Go ahead. I don't need to be headbutting people. I I, I thought that idea. was a pretty classless. Well, now he's uh, out for two games, so thought that was pretty classless. Not going to well, play in Vegas tomorrow. Not going to play in the home opener. So we'll see uh, Neil probably back in the lineup because uh, he'll be out. So yeah, I and, thought you know, James it's James nice to have goal. that guy in it. I thought it was real. I thought he played really good in the opener. Yeah, he's good. I, I mean, he's. I don't think he's a guy they're planning on playing 60, 70 games. I think he's probably going to play half. But he's a guy that can play up and down the lineup. You can stick him on the fourth line. You can play him on the th- the third, maybe even the second, if you don't want to kind of mess with other things that are going well. So I thought that was a really sharp signing. Obviously, it's not very expensive. And, you know, if you get 10, 12 goals out of him, that'd be a hell of a year. No, absolutely. Couldn't yeah. agree more. What about uh, Tarasenko? You know, no. We'll see. You know, it's it's going to be interesting because... You know, of all the people, you know, I mentioned this about Pareko, but maybe it's even more true for Vlad. It might take some time. I agree. To kind of get up to speed, like just to get your reflexes back and, and kind of your feel for the, you know, being in, you know, re- reading the plays and being where you need to be to score goals and all that. I mean, he's basically has hard, he's hardly played for two years. Exactly. And now we've got a whole new group of core guys yeah. that he's probably going to be playing with. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I like him with Thomas, though. I like having a playmaker with <laughs> with a goal scorer. I mean, you know, duh. come on, I think I can score. I mean, that's how I put my lines together on NHL on EA Sports. So makes me a good hockey coach. I think that uh, I think uh, Vladdy, when he scores his first one, I think it's going to come in buckets. I really do. No, I, I that's what's going to be interesting to me is to see how much does he sustain success. How much does he look like the guy that he used to be? And if he does that, what does it mean? Like, does it mean, okay, we're, we're starting to get some offers for him now. Do we trade him? Or do you be like, eh, maybe we should keep him. <laughs> I, I, I think you see how he plays. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you've got to get the return, though. I mean, that's the oh, thing. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, to get the yeah. return. If it's, it, it's not to trade him just to trade him. you got to get the return. Yeah, and, and, you know, there are multiple ways that you can get value, right? I mean, you can get um, an, an equal quality player. You can get, um, you know, value in terms of a younger player that's less expensive, which is going to be hard because of the cap. But let's say you take somebody else's contract and they give you a good young player too. Um, and another way is also cap relief. Yeah, exactly. You know, Absolutely. I mean, you may need that at some point. You know, Sunquist is going to be back at some point here soon. I know he doesn't make a ton of money, but you are going to be, you're up on the cap already. You're already tight to the cap and there are ways to kind of play around with that. Um, so I don't think that's a thing where, okay, Sunquist back. We got to move Vlad now. Like that's not going to happen. No. But, they're going to be smart about it. Army's going to be smart about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, so. Army's not going to get fleeced on this, and you're certainly not going to damage the team to make one player happy who wants to get out. I will say this before we go because we're up against a break, but uh, I thought one of the best players last night, one of my favorites, uh, Barbashev, I thought he really came he's out. And always, he was I all like him, over man. The place. I do, too. He's, he's a, a hard player. worker. Yeah, he's good. You know, uh, he's that guy that every good team has to have. And, and usually you need he's more like than Sunquist. one. It's like Sunquist. Right, same but that's thing. what I'm saying. Sunquist the same guy that – 
you know, they can do a lot of different things. There's some offensive game there, but they're not afraid to get into the corners. They're not afraid to get a little bit. You know, they, they can be an irritant to the other team at times. <laughs> you know, they're, they're good skaters. You know, they're just good, they're smart. solid players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for uh, joining us. And uh, $2.33. And <laughs> uh, can I write you a third-party out-of-state check for you, that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. All right, that's fine. Perfect. Yep. Hey, that's Kevin Wheeler. My name is Greg Damon. You're listening to At Your Service tonight here on KMOX. Stick around. we got more stuff to come. Going all the way till 11 o'clock tonight. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, my friends. KMOX at your service on a Tuesday night. Greg Damon rocking the mic like a vandal. Matt Pajowski, Michael Langston, they're kicking out the jams tonight here for you on At Your Service. Appreciate them and all the hard work they do for us here as producers for us that are on the air. And trust me, I need a lot of work, my friends. I need a lot of help. Hey, joining us this uh, uh, up next on the program, I should say, good friend of mine. He's always been a good friend to us uh, coming out on the radio and helping us out. Uh, our good friend, Ed Bernie. He's retired now from the fire department, and uh, but he's still hanging out with us here on KMOX. Ed, how are you, my friend? Well, as you said, I'm retired and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I don't see you coming by buying me lunch or anything. So, Well, you haven't really asked, but if you ask nice, I'll think about it. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. So how is life with, you know, not firefighting? Well, it's it's a little bit different. I think I could probably speak for most of your audience. Like when you decide to retire, uh, some things just don't seem as important as they used to. But I've found some time to uh, pick up some hobbies that I've let uh, lapse for quite a while. So it's uh, it's been kind of interesting. Well, I'm still working, and I there's things I don't <laughs> think that shouldn't go as as much as it should be, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm not practicing hockey, so yeah. we can put that one away. <laughs> yeah, I think we're way past that by now, my friend. Oh, oh, yeah, I do a real good job of watching it. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ed, I wanted to have you on talk about a few different things. Uh, you know, we seem, to, we seem to talk every year when it's a time change. Uh, one of the biggest things, obviously, for me, we talk about it constantly, is making sure that when the time changes, hey, change those batteries in your smoke detectors. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great point to bring up because the uh, technology in the smoke detectors has changed uh, quite a lot over the past four or five years uh, from the old uh, photo ionization to uh, the computer chip ones. They still do the same thing, but uh, one, of the, one of the biggest changes is the type of battery that you can put into it. So some of them, the older ones that most everybody's familiar with, 
Uh, the nine volt, our good friend, the nine volt, probably, you know, good for a year or so. That's why we ask everybody to change them on uh, when we move our clocks back or forward. But the, uh, the 10 year long life lithium batteries are really, really a game changer in smoke detectors where we see them particularly is in the uh, newer construction and what I'll call it is uh, residential facilities. So you have these uh, subdivisions that are built uh, ranch style and you see a, a more elderly population that uh, tends to gravitate towards that. And they have these really high vaulted or cathedral ceilings. You're talking about my uh, mother-in-law's so house. I am absolutely <laughs> talking about your mother-in-law's house. Sometimes 18 to 20 foot tall. So when they're when the drywallers are up there, uh, finishing and painting and everything, they install them and they put a 10-year battery in them. And at some point, you know, they're good for 10 years. Sometimes you get a clunker and, you know, most people don't have a 20-foot ladder, let alone one that, you know, like an A-frame that you would be safe to work from. So that uh, last four or five years of my career, we spent a lot of time in those types of houses with the uh, vaults and the cathedral ceilings, changing these, uh, changing the smoke detectors, but a lot of times just uh, switching them out with a with a 10-year battery. Now, I mean, we've talked in the past, though, but really smoke detectors are really only good for about 10 years. Am I right? Uh, depending on the manufacturer, what we've, what we've said for years and years, uh, even if you go to, you know, one of your local, uh, you know, do-it-yourself stores, Home Depot, Lowe's, something like that, anywhere you can get a smoke detector. Uh, I've always said if you get six years out of one, consider yourself lucky. And if it says 10 and it's still working at 10, I would, I would probably replace it because at some point you're, you're on borrowed time after about six or seven years. Yeah, I would think so, and especially now, as you were talking about newer uh, type smoke detectors, a lot of those are really wired throughout the house. Yeah, so the newer code says that they have to be um, interlinked or interconnected. So uh, what that what that means is is that all the smoke detectors in the house, and the minimum code says you have to have one on each level and one in each sleeping area, but they're all interconnected by the same circuit. So when one goes off, they all go off. So. Um, a perfect example I give is if, uh, you know, you have teenagers and they decide to have a little get-together in the basement and you're sleeping up on the second floor and something weird happens, like, oh, I don't know, maybe the furnace decides to malfunction or maybe there's smoke. Um, all the smoke detectors go off, so then everybody that's in the house knows it's time to get out. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a freak about that stuff. I have one in every room just because I, I just don't think that you can be too safe. Uh, no, and the fact of the matter remains that there's a reason that they're loud is because uh, most people don't realize this, or maybe they haven't, you know, looked it up or anything like that. But, uh, you know, most fires happen when we're asleep at night, and it's because obviously we're asleep, but when you go to sleep, your sense of smell also goes to sleep with you. So you will not smell the smoke. So that's why those detectors are so loud to wake you up. And then when you wake up, you're like, oh, I smell smoke. Now, what about? So that, well, go ahead. I'm that, sorry. That's kind of a misconception because most people think, "Oh, I'll smell the smoke before the detector goes off." No, ain't happening. No, exactly. You, I like the smoke detectors that uh, actually give you the warning. You know, get up, get out. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, you know that, that's another technology uh, depending on what type of setting that you have, uh, particularly in the residential facilities. And I'm talking more of a commercial, but they actually make a smoke detector that is for the visually impaired and also the hearing impaired as well. So in, in some buildings that you go in, if there's a known resident that has one of those impairments, you know, you'll see a really bright strobe and sometimes the, uh, the horn is very loud and the voice directions are very loud, almost to the point where it's piercing your ears. But for us, that's, that seems loud, but for the hearing impaired, that's, that's what they need to hear. Uh, to get out. So the, I mean, the the technology has evolved over the years, and that's that's good that, 
you know, the research has followed the need. I think that uh, we should get together. We should build one. This could be our million-dollar widget where we can do voice activation from a remote control so I can go, hey, get out of bed. Oh, we'd be in so much trouble with that. <laughs> It'd be good for my teenagers, like, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like where you're going with that, but I just can't <laughs> see us not getting in trouble doing that. Yeah, it'd be, we'd, be, we'd be pretty much in trouble with that, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, well also, uh, kind of along the lines with the smoke detectors, you know, there's smoke detectors now that have uh, um, carbon monoxide detectors in there. And, and I hate to say it, but, hey, guess what? We're going to be kicking on those furnaces soon. Yeah, this this is a, a great time. Actually, fall seems to be cooperating right now because we have the uh, time change approaching rapidly here and the weather is starting to get cool. So that's one of the uh, home maintenance stuff that a lot of people uh, tend to overlook. They just think, oh, the, you know, I had my air conditioner fixed. I had to top it off with Freon or whatever refrigerant that you're using. And then people forget about the furnace. And actually, that's uh, one of the number one causes of fires uh, and, you know, sick cases, carbon monoxide poisoning is something uh, that happens with your furnace, either with the heat exchanger or perhaps the uh, the vent stack is blocked or um, it's not getting the right mixture of air. And when that flame's not blue, it starts putting off carbon monoxide, and it is odorless and tasteless. So um, the only time you know it's there is when you start experiencing symptoms, which could be like the flu um, in very, very late stages. I mean, I'm talking really late stages. You're having uh, – seizures, things like that. But usually it's uh, mild flu symptoms, a headache, or I'm sick to my stomach. That's usually when we start seeing it around this time of the year. Yeah, it's really something. Now, what do you think about the smoke detectors? That, that's the dual action, though. Well, and again, you're, uh, yeah, I, I love using this term. You're, you're killing two birds with one stone. As long as the detector is rated for a certain amount of carbon monoxide. So uh, in the very early days when carbon monoxide detectors first came into fashion, uh, they were set to alarm at about 35 parts per million. But what wasn't um, conveyed very well is that that was a cumulative exposure. So you could uh, potentially start boiling a pot of water in that first couple minutes when you're boiling cold water in a pot on the stove. That creates a little bit of carbon monoxide. So the detector might pick that up, and it might only register four or five parts per million. Well, it remembers that. So, you know, five, six times at, at uh, five parts per million, at some point that thing is going to go off. So it was a cumulative exposure. It wasn't actually, you know, a, a continuous readout. So they, they still make um, a carbon monoxide detector that actually has a digital readout. So uh, you usually, you know, plug it into the wall, and it has a battery backup with it. And you usually try to put it somewhere close to the cold air return. Uh, that goes into your HVAC system of your house, and then you can just walk by it, and, you know, it'll say zero, so you know there's zero parts per million. Nice thing about that one is is that when you do the quarterly maintenance on it, it actually cleans itself and diagnoses itself. So, I've, I mean, I've had mine for, oh, geez, I'm on my second house. We had it at the old house probably 20 years. I mean, I do the, you know, the annual maintenance on it uh, quarterly, just check it, and then I've had a new sensor put in it. So, uh, it, I've definitely got my return on the investment on that one. Okay, time out. What do you mean? What do you mean quarterly maintenance on this? This this is something new to to the Damon household so, now. Yeah, well, this this is what I do. Finally, do a firefighter. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You know me. They're just stuck with me. That's what you got. <laughs> uh, so for me, once a quarter, uh, particularly during non-carbon monoxide season, which is you know for us the summer, um, I just unplug it and then I make sure that the battery backup works on it, and then I'll actually put it through its test mode. And then if it, you know, checks out, then plug it back in. Okay. So that's what I do. Uh, you can certainly test it by, um, you know, 
I mean, I have had access to it. We actually had a carbon monoxide, little can of carbon monoxide that we would test the uh, calibrate the sensors with. But you could always, you know, shoot some of that on there, and it would it would alarm. And then, um, you know, it goes through the process of zeroing itself out and cleaning and making sure the sensor's good. So it's it's worth the investment. But those dual ones, I mean, they work. You just have to make sure that you know what the minimum settings are, what the alarms are set at. Uh, and usually for carbon monoxide, it's still, you know, 35 because that's the uh, the OSHA minimum for an eight-hour exposure. So all of those all of those values are based off what the uh, OSHA, uh, you know, minimum minimum exposure levels are. Sure, fantastic. Ed, I got to do some business. Hang with me a few more minutes. Absolutely. All right, folks, we are talking with Ed Burney. He is a now retired firefighter and just talking about getting ready for winter, things like that. You're listening to At Your Service on KMOX. Stick around. We got more to come. Welcome back, everybody, at your service here on KMOX. 849 is your time right here in the heart of Mid-America. And we are talking to Ed Burney, retired firefighter, just talking about, hey, time change, get your smoke detectors ready, kind of getting ready for the winter time. That's right, I said it, winter time. And uh, just making sure that you're safe out there in KMOX land. Again, Ed, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here tonight on At Your Service. Uh, I always appreciate the uh, opportunity to hang with you guys, and I, I just have to comment on your lead inside. I didn't know you were a darkness fan. <laughs> yes, I, I, I actually, am. I, I can actually play that song on a guitar. That's one of my hobbies that I picked up that I neglected since oh, fifth grade. So. Really? How about yeah. that, huh? Yeah, so my kids yeah. are uh, both playing guitar. Daniel wanted to play the bass because he wanted uh, – I know this is really hard for you to believe, but uh, he wanted to uh, play Detroit Rock City by Kiss, so – yeah, that's a good song too. Yes, absolutely. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I'll probably make enough money to maybe eat a sandwich now and then, but I just <laughs> like playing. <laughs> you have to get a band together. That's what we'll have to do. Uh, you know, boy, yeah, that, it, yeah. The, the, refer to the sandwich comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bum on a baloney sandwich. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, so we were kind of talking about carbon monoxide detectors before we went to break. Uh, one of the things that that I that. I kind of have, uh, I, I really don't know, kind of confused about, I guess, is as far as your carbon monoxide detector, should that be placed low like in a wall outlet or if it's on the smoke detector on the ceiling? Well, and again, so when you're looking at uh, carbon monoxide, uh, you can actually get into some of the properties of it. Uh, usually it's associated with heat, so it does tend to rise, uh, but it's it's about the same uh, about the same weight as air. So if you put it on the floor, that, that's fine. You can plug it into an outlet or you can put it up on the ceiling. As long as you have them strategically located throughout the house, um, that's, that's the best strategy that we have. And it should be near whatever your heat source would be. And I'm not saying put it on the furnace, but it should probably be near the furnace or maybe outside the door uh, where the furnace gets its air from. But a, a really good spot to put it is on the uh, cold air return. So that would be somewhere in your house where you have that big, wide uh, – in older houses, sure. sometimes it's a big square, but the entire cubic foot volume of your house gets transmitted through that cold air return. So that's a really that's a good spot to have it as well. Well, if you put it into a wall outlet, is it is it best to have it near a vent on the floor? Uh, yeah, actually, that, that's a good place for it because when you have your furnace running, and again, if the heat exchanger is cracked or you're having some issue inside the furnace which leads us into our maintenance piece in a little bit. 
um, that carbon monoxide will be, you know, pumped through the house. So if it's if it's near a vent, then it'll it'll pick it up as well. But again, if you treat it just like a uh, like a smoke detector, and you have a couple of you know, at least one on each level, it'll it'll start going off, and they're they're pretty sensitive, so they they work very well. We've we've actually run more calls for nuisance alarms than you know real carbon monoxide. Sometimes, uh, like I said before, you might have a carbon monoxide detector that goes off because it's reached its 35 part cumulative exposure, but when we would come in, there would be minimal amounts of carbon monoxide in the house. So that usually is an indication for us that that detector is at its end of life. So let me ask you this. You know, me being uh, being the old uh, car mechanic that I am, uh, should we take these smoke detectors off, these carbon, monox- carbon monoxide detectors off, go outside and fire up the old air compressor and blow them out? Uh, you could. Uh, you could, uh, particularly for the carbon monoxide detector, uh, a smoke detector it wouldn't be a bad idea as well, but keep in mind when you're blowing air through those, um, you're also putting dirt particles in there. Although I know your air compressor is probably in much better shape than mine, um, you're still you're still going to be putting uh, some foreign objects into there, and that may affect the sensors. So um, usually, if you just unplug it and just take it outside and kind of wave it in the fresh air, that'll usually do the trick. Gotcha. Well, we got a couple minutes here uh, left, Ed. Uh, we kind of touched on furnaces, but one thing I want to bring up is a lot of people will uh, start getting those fireplaces ready to go. Oh, boy, yeah. So the biggie right there is uh, you should have your chimney inspected or swept at, at least once a year. A lot of, you know, the old school thing was, you know, every cord of wood that you burn, um, you should have it inspected. Uh, a lot of that goes back to the type of wood that you're burning. So you know, obviously we recommend hardwoods that are dry, you know, they should be seasoned, but you're looking at like maple and oak, you know, wood that doesn't have a lot of resin in it. Uh, those burn a little bit hotter and they create creosote, which is actually the uh, byproduct of incomplete combustion that lines the chimney flue. And that's what actually catches on fire. So when we usually have flue fires, it's because it's blocked up or it hasn't been maintained in a while. I know there's a lot of uh, issues when the vent caps off at the top. You know, birds get inside there and nest too. Yes, uh, I wish I've I had a dollar over my career for every flu fire that we've been on that's been caused by a bird nest. Yeah, kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Ha- I'd ha- I'd have enough to buy that sandwich I couldn't get by playing the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, yeah, I guarantee you're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, also, what about those? Uh, you know, come on, you can go to the store, you can get those logs. It says, hey, it's a it's a chimney cleaning log. Yeah, uh, and again, those those work really good for your first time flus, um, or you know, if you if you just had your flu maintained, or you you know you've just purchased the house, and the homeowner says, "Oh yeah, I had the chimney cleaned," um, you know, you can kind of look up there with a flashlight and see if it's lined. I mean, they do okay, but you really need to have someone get at it from the top of the bottom with a chimney brush because that's really what what ends up happening is they'll get a chimney brush and they'll actually scrape that creosote off and then kind of vacuum it out. That's that's the best way to do it. I mean, I would say if, if you don't have any other resource, try that. Um, it probably won't work 100% of the time, but a, a chimney sweep is your, your best bet. Well, and not only that, but, you know, most houses today have a firebox put in. It's not a, a brick chimney per se, uh, so they need to inspect that firebox, make sure none of the tiles are cracked or anything else as well. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Uh, and a lot of times um, you get people, uh, I'm going back quite a few years, just a, an old war story, but we had a, a house fire that resulted from uh, the homeowner had never lived in a house with a fireplace. They came from a very warm climate up to here. 
oh, this is really cold out. It'd be really nice to put a fire in the fireplace. And it turns out that it was a uh, it was a gas fireplace. So all of the hot embers <laughs> fell through the hole that was drilled in the bottom for the gas line and lit all the boxes in the basement. So that was Whoops. a very hot fire to put out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoops. Um, anyway, you know, accidents happen. But again, it, it could be prevented if you just just know the equipment that's in your house. Be familiar with your stuff and things will be fine. If not, get some answers from somebody. Exactly. I'd say call you, but... Well, you know, not everybody has my number. (laughs) Well, they should. (laughs) That's right. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for uh, hanging out with us here on uh, KMOX at your service tonight and giving us some insight on on smoke detectors and everything else, just getting ready, because, you know, it is that time of year, and uh, it's going to be here before you know it. Again, Ed, thanks so much, man. Greg, anytime, man. Anything for you. All right, thanks so much. That's our good friend Ed Burney hanging out with us here on KMOX at your service. Hey, we're just about done here. Hour number one. We're going all the way till 11 o'clock tonight, folks, so stick around. More stuff to come. We'll see you after news. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 